0: At one time, the only question a retiree or someone who's about to retire would ask is, how much income will I have in retirement? Today, the concern is reaching a portfolio magic number. What's the safe withdrawal rate? In today's podcast, we're going to examine the safe withdrawal rate, and we're going to look at why it's important.
2: Hello and welcome to the podcast Money Matters USA with Fred Sade, founder and managing director of the fiduciary firm of the same name. Fred is a fiduciary himself, of course, and holds a Ph.D. in economics from Duke University. He's helped so many with retirement planning strategies and what to consider in retirement, and he can for you as well. We also encourage you to check out the companion video series. Just search YouTube Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. S A I D E. Hello, Fred. S A I D E. How are you today? (laughs) I'm great, Dave. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We're back into the conversation again. And well, uh, income what we spend. Well, what does the safe withdrawal rate mean to you? Most people, if asked, would answer, well, the amount of income I can withdraw from my assets without the fear of running out of income during my lifetime. And this, of course, seems basic. The rub is, what does the word safe mean? And does it mean safer than something else? I mean, for instance, if you're driving at a speed of 75 miles an hour and everyone else on the road is driving at 90 miles an hour, but the posted speed limit is 65 miles per hour. Are you a safe driver? And retirement, safe needs to mean income that is certain, that you can count on for sure. Safe cannot mean kind of safe. And Fred, I think it's interesting. We were talking about uh, some information that came out recently uh, about Bill Bingen who was the first person to articulate the 4% withdrawal uh, rule. And it looks like, if according to a, an article, he's moved to seventy percent cash.
0: Yeah, um, that is astonishing. That 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 is his um, solution: minimal exposure to stocks, and even lesser exposure uh, to bonds. Yeah, I, I think that's incredible.
2: I well, I mean, he, he backtracked on the four percent anyway, but now yeah, yeah. he
0: did. Uh, he has he has been. Um, I think in April uh, of this year, he he gave an interview, with, uh, which he was unhappy with uh, the Morning Stars three uh, point three percent withdrawal, mm-hmm. and he and he was uh, upset about that. And now, I mean, it's not even, I mean, he's not even talking a withdrawal rate. He's just talking how do I how do
2: I hang on? Yeah, wow. which is surprising. Yeah, it really is. It really is. What we're looking at. At, at SAFE for now. What, what is SAFE? It's a good question because, you know, when in your working years,
0: you're saving for retirement. And you probably picked up some and do's do, and do nots, uh, you know, along the way. And some of the things you were probably taught was save as much as you can. Get the biggest pile of money. Make it as high as you possibly can. And when you retire, who, whoever has the biggest pile wins. Mm-hmm. Or you could take that pile and and live off the earnings. You want to see your assets continuing to grow or at least stay level, and uh, while you're taking income distributions, And then you want to leave the s- same exact pile of money that you started with to your kids or your grandkids, spouse after you, and But both of you, now that you've passed away, you want to pass on that same pile of money you started and had all this income and you never touched the principal. Sounds perfect, right? Of course. Yeah. That's what we all want. Save our money, Hmm. use assets for income, pass the assets to our kids or grandkids. Perfect world. That's exactly what would happen, but unfortunately, the world is not perfect, so it doesn't work that way. And and what what you learned about how you could use your assets to create income is not only no longer accurate, it's no longer a viable planning strategy. The financial industry has used a lot of third-party resources to provide the so-called safe income withdrawal rates for a retiree. And usually, the safe income withdrawal rate is based on some form of probability. And it's usually a probability that's based on a Monte Carlo simulation. Now, the safe withdrawal rate has changed over time, and much of what has been written and preached about the safe withdrawal rate fails, in my judgment, to properly understand risk let me give you an example or two if you had a 95 percent chance of success and you could take six percent income every single year but you had a five percent chance of running out of money during your lifetime because this income was not guaranteed and you had to hit the portfolio as hard as you as you would no matter if the market's up or down and for the math experts the specialists what we're talking about 5% is two is two standard deviations and two standard deviations uh, from the mean is is a lot of risk so let me put this in a slightly different context say you're seated on an airplane and the pilot comes on and says, ladies and gentlemen, we have a 95% chance of reaching our destination and a 5% chance of never getting there at all. So where's the risk? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm the plane. Is off it the, the risk plane. in the
2: 5%? <laughs> for me, it is.
0: <laughs> it will be for me, too. So that's the thing. So when you're doing a Monte Carlo simulation, you have to understand how, how the number was got at, what are the... Uh, conditions that have been applied to, to a success rate? And what about the other side of the coin, the amount that's at risk? Because that is, that is the issue that you really have to deal with. So if I said you had a 50% chance of being successful and a 50% chance of not being successful, that makes it easy. You still have 50% is still risk. That's, the, that's what needs to be addressed. So let me do a summary for you if I might, on how the safe withdrawal rate has changed over the decades. Here we go. In the 1980s, it initially was thought to be 6%. That was too high. The 1990s, it was thought to be 5%. That was too high. Mm -hmm. When we get to the 2000s, it was thought to be 4%. Turned out that was too high. In twenty twenty in 2010, rather, it was thought to be 3%, but now the debate really got going. And since 2021 and 2022, the range is somewhere between 33 to 2.8%. It changes. Uh, it can change monthly. Uh, there are some people who do this calculation every single month. At the university level. So, at that, I mean, it's become a moving target. And if the given that the safe withdrawal rates in flux and it is a moving target, you may find that the amount that you can safely withdraw is not enough for you to live on.
2: Well, when you plan your retirement income, I mean, you must have that high probability, a high confidence for success that your income will never run out, or you'll worry every day during your retirement. You may even think that you have a high probability your money will not run out, and you just don't know it. Well, maybe you've been told or or think that you can't be hurt. Well, you just can't. You cannot allow yourself to be in that position. I'll give you an example: uh, the the movie Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, the characters uh, played by Jim Carrey and Lauren Holly. A memorable scene was named 1 in a million, and it went something like this. Carrey's like, well, "What do you think of the chances of a guy like me and a girl like you ending up together?" and you know holly says well that's difficult to say and we really don't and jim interrupts he says well hit me with it just give it to me straight i came along a long way to see you just the least you can do is level with me what are my chances well she replies not good and long pause but he says you mean not good like one in a hundred and she's she says no more like one in a million and then he says, "Well, so you're telling me there's a chance? <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> I mean,
2: he's optimistic, probably overly optimistic. There. Yeah, he he, <laughs> he,
0: he, he is. That's." <laughs> probably one of the funniest movie scenes that uh, they've seen in a long time. And I guess it's okay. You know, in matters of love, yeah. all right, you want to take a chance, roll the dice, <laughs> maybe. So you don't have a probability of success. Not, nothing ventured, nothing gained. But when you're doing income planning and you're talking about your retirement uh, years, you really have to have a plan that has the highest level of potential success. We'd like it to be a hundred percent as the goal. A guaranteed hundred percent is the best possible outcome. Now in, in researching for today's um, podcast, what I found is uh, in looking at the safe income withdrawal rates, why why has the safe income withdrawal rate decreased by more than 50% since the 1980s. Yeah. Think about that. Wow. So this is these are some of the things that I think are really important. First of all, the risk in the stock market has increased. I think there's a failure to gloss over risk and to properly explain risk. And I see oftentimes... That there's a false correlation that gets made, and when you see the false correlation, it looks it looks uh, probable. It look it looks you know it looks you look at it, and you say you know it's, this this looks this looks right, but it's not. It Misstates risk. Remember, interest rates have declined to historic lows. I mean, they're at zero percent. Life expectancy has increased. We have volatility. And the stock and the bond markets Mm -hmm. have increased. And the last thing I I think is is Social Security itself, because the favorite claiming age still remains at age 62. But what we know from Social Security is that every two years of longevity, every two years, longevity increases by one month. And that puts additional strain on, on Social Security's assets, which are problematic. Now, the changes that I've just mentioned, which I think are the key ones, the, the, this, these changes really make modifications necessary for your plans for retirement, because the traditional asset allocation models may no longer work, and they may no longer be able to provide you with, with a lifelong retirement
2: income success well we have more to come we'll take a very quick break here but when we return we'll look at the impact of fees on your portfolio values and growth rates it's coming up on money matters usa are you losing sleep over market volatility affecting your hard-earned retirement savings you can't afford to lose a big portion of your nest egg with not enough time to recover many people want safety and the guarantee of principle but also prefer the potential of higher growth with the market and now you can have both call fred Sade at money matters usa at 800-593-8188 that's 800-593-8188 we're back with Money Matters USA. And yes, you can get in touch with Fred Sade. You hear him on this podcast. Uh, Hopefully you've seen him on the video series. He can work with you specifically in in a custom and um, fiduciary manner uh, uh, regarding your retirement plan. Do you have a plan? Fred can be there uh, giving you so much to consider in retirement planning of today and the right strategies of today, 800-593-8188. 800-593-8188 800-593-8188 to reach Fred. We're going to review fees for two reasons here. Number one, you probably don't understand them. And number two, fees affect your portfolio values and your growth rates. Now, while you know this intuitively, uh, you've never been provided with an easy-to-understand way to make sure you com- you completely comprehend what is really happening to your money and one other point is, obviously, the size of your portfolio will also influence the safe withdrawal rate, which, spread is what we're covering on the podcast today.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, let, me, let me create um, an example, and I'm going to make a couple of assumptions. They're going to be very simple assumptions. I'm going to use an, a, an exchange-traded fund, an ETF, an S&P ETF, as a proxy for the stock market as a whole, and to make this even simpler, I'm assuming a, the, safe, the same return for a 15-year period. And I'm going to assume that you paid no fees. So let me make two observations, two points here. First of all, it's virtually impossible for an in, for an individual investor. And I'm not talking about an institutional investor. That's a totally different ballgame. I'm talking about the individual investor. You, cannot get stock market returns. It's an impossibility. The second consideration is it's impossible to invest in the stock market without any fees whatsoever, because the individual investor is either going to pay a fee up front, and if you don't pay the fee up front, then your purchase order is going to be grouped with other orders and sold off for execution. An individual does not get best does not get best execution or best price and we know that the regulators are looking at that right now so this this is a real issue I didn't make this up so let's assume that you invested one million dollars in 1999
2: mm-hmm.
0: paid no fees and you didn't pay any taxes legally because these were all tax deferred and so by 2013, your $1 million is now worth 1500000 some odd dollars. Now, most people would look at that and say, hey, that's a great return. Uh-huh. What's wrong with that? And most people would say, hey, you got a plus 50% return. What's the issue here? Yeah, there is an issue. If you the, the only thing that come that that matters is the CAGR, the compound annual growth rate. And if you look at the CAGR, compound annual growth rate, the increase over this time period is only 2.75% annually. Huh. Why is that? Well, if you look at the S&P, it, you'll see that in some years it had stupendous returns, over 32% returns. But it also had some huge, huge losses. And those losses reduced the overall returns. So, now what would happen if you earned stock market rates of return and you we're now paying 1% in fees? So, instead of your 1 million growing to 1.5 million, you would now have 1.2 million, almost 1.3 million. Mm-hmm. And if you're paying 2%, you'd have $1.1 million. Now, I've seen fees wow. as high as 4 and 5% on high-fee variable annuities. And in that situation, your fees would be less than $700,000. Now, I have worked out a very wow. comprehensive data chart. Uh, and so I can show the impact uh, with fees and without fees. And I, I know from experience that advisors don't take kindly to it when I show I this I would chart. imagine not. <laughs> uh, and how the fees affect your portfolio values and your growth rates. The only people that really like it are CPAs and attorneys. Uh, they like to see that chart because that really gives them something to stand on. The uh, unwelcome news for many people is that you may have paid far too much in fees over the last 15 years you may not even be realizing where the fees are or how they're artfully concealed. The good news is that you no longer have to pay those fees. You don't have to pay more than you should pay in fees because I've now educated you on this subject.
2: What you do, yeah, anyway, and I, I would imagine when you first meet with someone, Fred. Uh, that's one of the things you you do, you do a little investigation and can point out to them the fees they may not be aware of. Yes. Wow. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Um, we have we have very powerful uh, software, um, and, and and it is institutional software. In other words, it's, it's not retail based software that, that most planners use. We use institutional software use same software that, that uh, PIMco uses, the same software that the Nobel Peace Prize Foundation uh, uses. Mm-hmm. And, and in our firm, we, we have access to five five people who work with that software at the company that manufactures and, and updates and keeps that software current and powerful. And any member of that team is available, not only to assist me, But if we need uh, to and the client wants to participate in the conversation with them, they're welcome to. If their attorney wants or their uh, CPA wants to participate in the conversation, they are also welcome to participate in that conversation. This this is an understanding of risk at a much, much higher level than consumer-based software uh, provides. It does not provide an adequate basis to to understand uh, risk. Uh, and and that's that's how that's really the way that we compete we 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 have a much greater understanding of risk we can can explain it and we have the software to demonstrate risk it, it's an eye opening experience uh, for people even people who think that they are fairly sophisticated but you know it comes down to that that nobody knows you know you don't know what you don't know well, I mean, that's I, it. there are things that i don't know i i i, I would admit that um, it, it may be in my field uh, you know but and and then if i know that i just finished a, a high level graduate course uh, on on the subject of risk cuz i i thought there was more for me to yeah, to learn and
2: uh, and see you I'm have just, a PhD I'm, and you're still learning. Yes. I mean we're always learning. That's good too. Uh, you know,
0: uh, when I defended when I defended my doctoral dissertation here in the states, um, one, one of the professors on my board said to me, "You know, you you need you need to approach uh, your doctoral dissertation." as the, the beginning of learning it's not the end of learning that's you, wow you're not na- you na- yeah, yeah you have a ticket to learn
2: yeah that and, and that's important wow that's that's powerful there really yeah, it is it, if you think about it it, it.
0: it is uh <laughs> it, he said that and uh, he said you know and and you're starting at at a at a higher you have the benefit of starting at a, at a higher level than than other people well do yeah but don't waste don't waste it and, no that's, uh, that's, I, thought that was gra- I thought that was great i thought that was great great advice. That's and I've tried advice. to live up to it.
2: That that it really is excellent advice. I know this is a side note, uh, but, you know, I've heard a lot of people talking about maybe, you know, de- bemoaning a bit the way we um, approach education in this country. And I guess it's always been that way. It's kind of like we make it like, you know, kids want to just get through it and then they don't care if they forget it because it's a chore. We make them memorize things and Instead of just piquing their curiosity a little more,
0: well, one of the reasons that I uh, that I left uh, teaching at at the Ohio State University um, was a, a kid came up to me and uh, said to me, "Hey, you know th- this course is, is too hard," and I said, "Okay, um, why do you say that?" And he said, because I'm not here to learn anything I'm just here to get a degree so I can get a good job oh, no. <laughs>
2: That's that's it that, that, you know it's hilarious and that's kind of the approach that we 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 take by default it seems like let's get out of this and we're done woohoo and it really never ends and and I'm not there are, look there are plenty of great teachers out there sure. uh, but I heard somebody make the point. Uh, how many, and I think it was Neil deGrasse Tyson asked this question, how many teachers can you count how many teachers had a profound impact on your life? I, I yeah. think I can think of three or four.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I can, uh, I, I, I can go back <laughs> to my fifth grade, uh, teacher who, who made an enormous impact, Yeah. Uh, uh, on, on my, on my life, um, I, and I can think of a um, seventh-grade math teacher, who also uh, uh, algebra mm-hmm. uh, teacher, who also was uh, uh, really important uh, in in my in my life. Uh, not not just because of how they they taught, it's how they took an interest in right. uh, in you.
2: And, That's uh, it and And really, well, the ones I can name, Fred are the ones that got me and the whole class passionate about the learning, and that's not to say that other teachers are not good; they are, but I'm yeah. talking about rising to that level of really getting you excited about learning. I had a uh an English teacher. he was an English teacher in the eleventh grade, and he didn't have to do this, and this is back before everybody had vcrs uh but the school did. I guess it was Beta or whatever it was. But he rolled that TV into the classroom every day until we finished the entire I, Claudius series. It was a Masterpiece Theater, PBS thing. And um, we all loved it. And, I mean, it hasn't made me a lot of money. But he got me passionate about uh, the Roman Empire just from that. And I have been to this day. And, you know, and I, I just, he opened up a whole world to us. And I think that's what makes a, a truly great teacher. Anyway, I got off on a side note, but.
0: No, no uh, it's, uh, no, it's, learn, learning is important. Um, and not enough attention is really paid to it. There's, I mean, this. I don't want to get onto this whole issue of social promotion, but, you know, we're, we're, li- we're living in a very complicated technological age and it's not like a kid can quit uh, high school and go, go to work in a factory yeah, and you know, those and days and are
2: over kind of aren't those they? those days yeah i
0: mean the the, the technology uh, the artificial intelligence i mean o- over the next um, de- couple of decades it, it's it's going to continue to be a a a, cha- a real changer um, and you know uh, the life cycle of, of cars uh you know is about 20 years mm-hmm. so 20 years down the road we're, we'll probably all be driving electric vehicles i I, I think that's I, mean, I think very that's a good chance I think of that, that's yeah. the future uh, of, of where we're going it's not gonna it's not going to happen you know one or two years and I' no, we're not quite ready. 70 80 90 hundred thousand dollar you know car Um uh, but but it will happen you know over 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 the life cycle of cars as the as cars get retired you know recycled uh, for metal and uh, aluminum and so on
2: i'm just disappointed that we'll probably never see flying cars but can you imagine if we had flying cars the amount of accidents we'd have up in the air oh, I mean, we God, can't have yeah. that many air traffic controllers to control well, traffic and that's in, true yeah. There's a
0: shortage of them. Uh, that's one of the reasons for the delays, not the only reason, but there is a shortage. The government's paying bonuses right now. I, I saw in an article, I think it was an Associated Press article, yeah. that, uh, yeah. that they're trying. The government is trying to hire uh, traffic controllers, and, uh, and you know, there's a limit to how long these guys can work on. You know, at any given day or even any different uh, series of shifts. Otherwise, they, they go batty staring at the screen.
2: Yeah. Oh, I, I, exactly. They have to be careful they don't get to that point because it's too critical a job. Well, you um, you really made some powerful points on on risk, on withdrawal, on safety, and also a very powerful point on the effect of fees. And, well, that's what you're all about. We do, again, encourage you to uh, search for the video series, the companion video series of the same name, Money Matters USA. I mean, you can actually just search YouTube Money Matters USA with Fred Sade, S-A-I-D-E. And, of course, you can reach Fred with a simple phone call. The uh, The number for Fred is 800-593-8188. Always enjoying the conversation, Fred. We'll get back together again next week and make another podcast. What do you think?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Hey, can I just say one one thing, Oh, Folks, sure. When, when you call the 800 number... <laughs> We, we deliberately ask you to record your information, and we, we do this deliberately because we don't want to take the chance of getting it wrong and telescoping whatever it is you want to say. So if you call, leave leave your message and and we will we will respond uh, uh, to you. Uh, and we, and we'll hear all the all, everything that you have to say. Uh, with, without having to be transcribed or telescoped, or we'll give you the gist of. We want, we want, we want to get the full bore, whatever it is.
2: Absolutely, and feel free to call wherever you're listening. Eight hundred five nine three eighty one eighty eight. And thanks for being with us on Money Matters USA.